from Decrypt Media. This is the Decrypt Daily. My name is Matthew Diemer. Today on the show, hacks, hacks, and more hacks. Seems like the day in the life of somebody in this space. That's coming up on the Decrypt Daily. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the show. Today is Wednesday, October 12, 2022. It is early voting here in Ohio, so you can't register to vote anymore. But today you can start voting. So you can cast your absentee ballots. You can go down to the Board of Elections and cast your vote. It's time. It's time. It's crunch time. Now it's time for those crypto prices. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. And I'm recording this at 9.44 a.m. Eastern Daylight Savings Time. We have Bitcoin sitting at $19,105, even from yesterday. Ethereum's at $1,297, up 1.3% from yesterday. However, down 1.8 in 7. Tether's number 3, USDC's number 4, and Binance's number 5 at 270, down a half percent. Rounding off the top 10, we have BNB, XRP, Binance, Cardano, Solana, and Doge. And the Layer 1 protocol tokens are kind of down lately. So, like for example, BNB's down 7% in 7, Cardano's down 8% in 7, Solana's down 7% in 7. We have Ethereum Classic down 12.5% in 7. Near Protocol is down 11% in 7. So they're taking a bigger hit than most of the other coins in the space, interestingly enough. ApeCoin is down 8% in 24. It was down 10% in 24, but it's bounced a little bit. And that's due to the SEC, or the Security and Exchange Commission, investigating Yuga Labs over whether Board Ape Yacht Club NFTs and the Ape Token are unregistered securities. This is claimed by a report which cites an unnamed source, claiming that the agency is exploring whether the crypto startup broke federal law by issuing NFTs that act like stocks. Yuga Labs replied to all this, saying that it's well known that policymakers and regulators have sought to learn more about the novel world of Web3. As a leader in the space, Yuga is fully committed to cooperating with any inquiries along the way. Total market cap in the space is pretty much even from yesterday. It's at $921.5 billion. A BTC dominance of 39.8% and an ATH dominance of 17.3. Moving into our headlines. Well, our top headline today is that Mango was drained for $100 million, actually over $100 million in an exploit. This is the second hack of the week. The first hack was Binance Smart Chain for another $100 million. This was Oracle price manipulation. So it appears that the hacker was able to manipulate their, their Mango collateral. They spiked their collateral value and then took out massive loans from the Mango treasury. Joshua Lim on Twitter explains how this was done. He says this. First, the attacker funded account A. He put $5 million in USDC collateral. Then the attacker offered out 483 million Mango to the order book. The attacker then funded another account, account B with $5 million of USDC collateral to buy those 483 million units of Mango at around 3.8 two cents per unit. The attacker then started to move the price of the Mango spot market. 
it traded as high as 91 cents. So then at 91 cents and having 483 million mango, you're talking about a collateral now of around $483 million. So let's stop there and explain this a little bit. So what it looks like, he had two different accounts. One had $5 million in it. One had $5 million in it. Account A had $5 million in it. Account B had $5 million in it. Account A made some mango, 483 million units. Account B then bought said mango. He then used the money in account A to move the price of mango. It was a spot market and basically just made the price of mango go up because apparently the liquidity was very low. He was able to really drive up the price of mango. Well, now that account B has 483 million mango at around a dollar per, that's a hell of a lot of money. It's like $483 million. Now, you can't just take that out because there's no liquidity. Selling mango at the spot price would crash the market. You basically wouldn't make anything. However, that's where this comes in. With $483 million, knowing that you can't do anything with it or you'll crash the market, there's enough unrealized profit and loss, enough collateral to take out a loan worth around $116 million across a bunch of tokens, which then left Mango and leaves the protocol in a deficit, and as a result, wiped out available liquidity of Mango. Now, of course, after the attack, Mango to USD traded down to about $0.02, cents, which means account A is now at a loss. It looks as though their position is at a loss at around $12 million. So basically, account A is screwed. That $5 million is gone. However, they just took out a loan for $116 million from account B. Basically, he hacked the system. OtterSec founder Robert Chen told Decrypt, it's an economic design flaw. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> That's a big flaw. There was another hack today, and it's a layer one blockchain, the QAN platform, which touts itself as a resistant to quantum computing power attacks. Today was the target of a bridge hack, which resulted in a theft of around 1.4 billion QANX tokens, or about a million dollars. So there you go. It's Hack Wednesday. Meta, formerly known as Facebook. I don't know why they changed their name. Well, they showcased their latest Metaverse announcements at Connect Conference. Co-founder and CEO Mark Zuckerberg said that open, interoperable Metaverse will be better for everyone. Insert I don't believe you meme right here. OpenSea has added NFTs from Avalanche. And OpenSea now supports NFTs from seven different blockchains. Ethereum, Polygon, Solana, Optimism, Arbitron, and Avalanche. The Avalanche NFT economy is kind of small, though. Avalanche saw about $2.4 million in total volume in September across around 25,000 transactions and just about 4,400 buyers. Now, you want to compare that to Solana? They saw around $130 million of volume in the month and around 3 million transactions from 143,000 buyers. We proclaim that the commission concludes that Wisdom Tree Bitcoin Spot ETF application has not met its burden on the Exchange Act and the commission's rules of practice. And that was from the SEC as they denied Wisdom Tree's Bitcoin Spot ETF. Surprise, surprise. The commission released an order rejecting Wisdom Tree's application as the SEC ruled that the exchange hasn't demonstrated that its Wisdom Tree Bitcoin Trust would be designed to prevent fraudulent and manipulative acts and practices while protecting investors and public interest. Same reason they're giving everybody for not approving Bitcoin spot ETFs here in the U.S. Google is now providing data on Ethereum addresses via its search engine. Basically, what you have to do is just put a public key or a public address in the search bar and the contents of the address will show up. Boom. 
you don't have to go to etherscan it's working with etherscan but now you just can do it via the google search engine decrypt well they tried it with several addresses some worked and some didn't meaning that google's probably just rolling this out very slowly but anyway now you can do that this is what i think conspiracy theory tinfoil hat on you guys ready it seems as though that Google is just using their big brother, the largest uh, website in the world, to match addresses with IP addresses. And this is what I think. I think that this is a whole big thing of them trying to figure out whose addresses belong to who. Somebody's going to look at their address, not use a VPN, and they're going to start matching these things up. Sending, receiving, matching them up with enough data, you're going to be able to find out, ah, that belongs to this person. Remember... You have to register your internet under something, either a business name, your personal name, your parents' house, who knows what you're doing. But I think that this is a whole ploy to use this data, to sell this data, to figure out whose addresses are whose, and then give that data or sell that data to the U.S. government for tax purposes, for just FBI purposes, for surveillance purposes, for, I don't know, KYC purposes, know your constituents. (laughs) I don't know. I just feel that my tinfoil hat came out when I saw this news. And finally, we just learned that the U.S. government has hit Bittrex with a $53 million fine. If you guys don't know, Bittrex is an exchange, not one of the bigger exchanges, uh, but they've been around forever, and they've always worked well. I haven't heard of any hacks from them. They've always been one of my favorite exchanges. But now they're going to have to pay two fines totaling $53 million, one fine of $24 million and one of $29 million for the apparent violations of multiple U.S. sanctioned programs. The U.S. government says Bittrex unnecessarily exposed the U.S. financial system to threat actors, according to the authorities. The exchange allegedly allowed people from Crimea, Cuba, Iran, Sudan, and Syria to make crypto transactions of over $263 million between March of 2014 and December of 2017. The authorities added that it also failed to have proper anti-money laundering programs and, therefore, significant exposure to illicit finance. And so I went to CoinMarketCap to see how much money uh, Bittrex makes in 24 hours because I really wanted to see if they could afford this. Sure, they're an exchange. Sure, they've been around forever. I'm sure their founders are doing just fine. Uh, But they're not really the biggest exchange in any shape or form. They're actually kind of small. They only do around $15 million in 24-hour volumes. And we're talking about that's compared to like Binance and Coinbase with over a billion. And so just because you make $15 million in 24-hour trading volume doesn't mean the exchange is making $15 million in 24 hours. And exchanges, they make their money off of trading fees. And so what I did is I just basically took their average trading fee, their maker-taker fee of 0.3%, and times it by $15 million, which is say they have an average of $15 million a day. That only gives the exchange making $45,000 a day. Now, if that was just my money or the founder's money, or I had a couple partners or three people, making $45,000 a day seems pretty reasonable. However, if you add that up, it's only around $16.4 million a year. Yes, that's a lot of money, but it's a far cry from $53 million that they need to pay in fines. Now, I don't know what their operating expenses are. I don't know what their salaries are. I don't know anything about it. I don't know how much money they have in reserves. All I know is that this is going to sting. And I don't know if it's going to close down the exchange or not, but it's really going to sting. It wouldn't surprise me if we see in a couple days that Bittrex is going to be looking at a funding round to help pay for this. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Decrypt Daily. My name is Matthew Diemer. Don't forget to go to Apple Podcasts, like, subscribe, share, and leave us a comment. Go to Spotify and hit those five stars. And don't forget to write in Matthew Aaron at Decrypt.co. And if you're in Ohio and listening in Ohio's 7th District, 
don't forget to vote for Demon for Congress. And until tomorrow, happy hodling, everyone. <laughs>